The subject of this podcast involves discussions of suicide and mental health issues and may be triggering to some. Listener discretion is advised. Most of us are familiar with the pandemic's impact on mental health. In fact, you yourself may be experiencing stress, anxiety, depression, or have a child who is struggling. And if you have sought help, you may also have had trouble finding it. As the need surges, the shortage of mental health professionals has grown. In the Bay Area, this has hit low-income communities particularly hard, as nonprofit organizations that accept Medi-Cal struggle to fill vacant positions. So how can we begin to address this problem? Matthew Madaus, who, as executive director of the Behavioral Health Coalition of Alameda County, which represents more than 10,000 clinicians and support staff, says higher pay would make a big difference. It's not the only reason for the shortage, he acknowledges. Burnout over the pandemic has also contributed. But the level of difficulty of the job, combined with pay that barely affords a decent style of life in the Bay Area, has made filling the hundreds of vacancies in Alameda County alone a difficult task. So there are a lot of people uh, who, in, in part because of uh, kind of reevaluating their, their life goals and their, uh, their situation, their relationships, have decided that they really uh, need to make more money or they cannot afford the, the cost of living in the Bay Area uh, or they can't manage the level of stress uh, that this work requires. Just as in so many other industries, especially here in the Bay Area, people are reevaluating their lives. Where is everybody? Job openings everywhere are left unfilled. Businesses are desperate for workers. From white-collar jobs to service staff, workers from all across the spectrum have dropped out. How can we explain this? The Great Resignation, America's Talent Recession, the Big Quit. The phenomenon has many names. And if you are a clinician working on the front lines of the aftermath of the pandemic, you are not immune to the thinking that maybe you need a break. Maybe you need a change. Hi, I'm Spencer Christian, and this is After the Weather. Tom Alexander, CEO of Fred Finch Youth and Family Services, which operates throughout the East Bay and San Diego County, has seen the impact on his organization and on its ability to help young people and families in need. I think uh, right now the workforce challenge is terribly significant. This is not in any way to minimize uh, the, the significant uh, a crisis that, that families find themselves in terms of the additional stresses uh, brought on by the pandemic. But the reality is for organizations like ours, we are not able to re- recruit and retain adequate workforce. So we have an increase in demand. Uh, we have an increase in acuity of the kinds of problems that they're experiencing the, the, that are, uh, that are uh, really influenced by the pandemic. And, and now we can't hire enough staff to provide the level of service uh, that really is, is uh, in the communities of uh, demonstrating the, the, the need of behavior, for behavioral health and mental health service. I, I think it's a challenge in, in part because many of the, the needs that we see require advanced training. 
Uh, so there's a limited number of people that we can recruit from to be able to increase uh, the, the workforce. It's a significant challenge. We're trying to partner uh, with our, our government agencies, government departments, particularly in Alameda County, uh, to figure out how we can leverage as much funding as possible to increase the compensation levels. That's one of the, the main areas we're looking at. The salaries for clinicians at the community-based organization Medaus represents are largely paid through Medi-Cal reimbursements. They also may be supplemented by county, state, and federal funding. While it may not yet have the funding to increase salaries, Fred Finch is doing everything in its power to support its current staff as it works with increasingly acute mental health issues. We're really focusing on retention as well. What can we do to ensure that our staff are well taken care of, that we're focused on not only our participants in our programs and what they need, but what do our staff need? and um, doing what we can to ensure that uh, we're doing the best that we can by our employees, um, providing them, uh, whether it's a good solid uh, uh, slate of benefits, whether it's uh, being responsive to uh, what COVID has demanded of them, the sacrifices and the risks that they have made, um, really doing what we can to say we understand we value you. You do important and, and incredible work with, uh, with our, our young people and our families. And uh, that what you do is, is uh, valued and important. The mental health crisis has hit young people especially hard. Even before the pandemic, suicide had become the second leading cause of death for teenagers. Since the pandemic, suicide attempts among teenage girls has increased by more than half. It was a perfect storm for many of them in a tragic sense. Parents lost jobs. Isolation led to loneliness. The stability and routine of school was suddenly gone. Some even lost family members to COVID. One thing that was sort of a constant before uh, the pandemic was uh, the ability of, of kids to go to school. Yeah. And uh, particularly over the course, uh, you know, it's, it's really sort of changed uh, since the fall, last fall. But uh, that, you know, that prior 18, 24 months before that, uh, where kids were learning remotely, they were sort of stuck at home. Um, uh, first off, you know, the, the educational loss, the academic loss that the kids uh, anticipate and they feel. Oftentimes, you know, school really plays an important role in the development of their self-esteem, uh, their yeah. self-confidence, where they're getting good feedback. And, and much of that was gone. Add to this all the stresses that families have been under since COVID, and all of a sudden they are lost, isolated, and most important, they have lost their support group. When it comes to preventing suicide, Matt wants everyone in a young person's life to do their part. What we're trying to encourage staff, parents, teachers, everyone who works with kids, we're trying to encourage them to be asking kids how they're doing, to be yeah. asking them if they're feeling okay. Uh, because you know one, one of the common misconceptions is that asking about thoughts of death, asking about suicide increases the risk when it really doesn't. People want to have those conversations and they want to be reassured uh, that life is better with them. The mental health outlook is not all bleak, however. Matt points out that there is less stigma surrounding mental health issues now, part of the reason so many are seeking help. There has been an increase in state and federal funding, which will go far toward alleviating the shortage of staff. The pandemic spurred the widespread use of telehealth, which, now that it has become normalized, is here to stay. Telehealth offers clinicians more work flexibility and also increases access to mental health services. 
Still, Tom and Matt underscore that therapy is not the only way to help people feel better. Alleviating poverty is key to lowering stress. But change at the community and city level is also necessary. Having parks, places to play, and transportation has a huge impact on people's well-being. Matt also has some good advice for all of us during these times. Uh, So the more as a society that we can continue to pay attention to people having their basic needs met, I think that's going to be really important. I think the other thing um, is to focus not just on the things that are out of our control, potential for nuclear war and global warming and and political strife, uh, but also to look at the the places that we can find joy, uh, the places that we can be mindful and that we can try to get some satisfaction day in and day out. If you or someone you know is in crisis, help is available. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org for more options. You can also find local resources on our ABC7 News Take Action page. Just go to abc7news.com slash take action. Remember, you are not alone. You matter and you deserve to get help. Thank you to our guests for joining us today, and thank you for listening. After the Weather is a product of ABC7 and scripted by our executive producer, Marcus Young. Be sure to subscribe, and if you liked our program, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. We'll talk next time. Take care.